What's up, guys? This is PC, and this is your backstage pass to the Green Room Podcast Series. What's up, guys? Hey, this is PC. You're listening to the Green Room Podcast Series. Our guest today, I'm super excited to have Carrie Yancer. She is with the Colorado Association of School Executives. Carrie, just want to say thank you so much for joining us here on the show today. Thank you. It's an honor to be on the show. And I had the opportunity to meet you and to spend some time with you here just a couple of weeks ago. And I absolutely just love your energy and love your passion. It's almost like we were like meant, we were destined to meet. And I just wish that I'd met you <laughs> met you years ago because like there's so many things that you were saying, and I'm just like, oh my god, yes, like oh my god, yes, like it's like two peas in a pod. Talk about your history yeah. in education, and then about your current role that you have right now with Case. Sure. Thanks for asking. A um, couple things. I am a uh, educator for 29 years in the system, but I have known since second grade that I've always wanted to serve others and be a teacher. So it's just like something that lives in my blood and has been there. I don't come from an education family. I'm actually the first one to graduate from college in my family. So it was something because of the amazing educators I had all the way through that had kind of put that in my stars and aligned me in that direction. So I've been a, um, in education as a teacher, coach, a school counselor. Uh, primarily, most of my time has been spent at secondary, middle, and high school as a principal. Um, I've been a K-8 principal for 16 years in the same school in a small rural district on the western slope of Colorado. Um, and I just love being a part of being able to help our young people grow and prosper and just see where they what they achieve and i've been at case for about a year and this has been a really neat opportunity because i get to work with all 178 school districts within the state of colorado and we stand for advocacy networking and professional learning and we really get to dive deep with specific needs of where some of the districts are and um, really moving forward because my philosophy is if kids know that if kids feel safe, cared about, and loved, they come to school. And once they're there, we have them, and we get to give them that, you know, that rigorous curriculum then. But if they're not feeling safe, cared about, and loved, they're not even walking through our doors. That's so true. You're as exactly, exactly spot on. And so I know you guys do, you have a big conference in the summer, and then you have some workshops throughout the year. Talk a little bit about those events that you guys host to help serve as a resource to your educators in Colorado. Um, so we do. We have two big events. We have a, our convention in, at the end of July, which serves about 1,300 administrators um, around the state. And then we have our winter conference, which is a little bit smaller of about 7,800. And we really focus on bringing in um, professional learning that is in alignment to where our schools and what their needs are. And so we really get a pulse by working, being out in the field, we get a pulse of where these 178 school districts are and what they need, where we're at. Obviously we've spent like this year, we spent a lot of time and having UPC with our drive-in workshop, which was the first of our little sample. We tried this because we really wanted to just kind of make a half day drive-in, give them some information. But what we loved is right now we have a real desire in the state of Colorado and I would even say around the nation of continuing to create that culture and climate of 
we need you. We're a champion for every kid that people that we're setting an environment, not just physically, but mentally that every kid can and will achieve to whatever their potential of what they desire. And so when we did the drive-in workshop with you, PC, um, just a total side note, you, your evaluations were awesome because they said, this is exactly what I needed to hear in the middle of the year, because sometimes as school administrators, I know as a former principal, you walk the halls and you put on that face, but there's days that you just go, man, is this really making a difference? Yep. Are we really making them get to where they need to be? So we, through case, that's one of the things that we really try to promote is providing that professional learning what to what our school administrators need. And we, we serve superintendents, principals at both secondary and elementary, uh, CFOs, business officials, curriculum directors, um, our technology specialists. So our organization serves all executives um, across the state. So we have to kind of balance what is that need. But the bottom line is, is every school district personnel has the same goal of doing what's best for kids. Yep. Like I tell people, if you're the CFO, that business decision you're making on that budget line item directly affects the kids. So they're they're sitting there with the same question we have as principals. Is how is this going to benefit my kids? Is this good for kids? Is this meeting my passion purpose plan? And my passion is to love, educate, and inspire every person, then my purpose better support that and we better create a plan. So that's so, kind of what we do and we love it. That's so true. Like yeah, you're exactly right. And I always tell people if you make every decision based on the question of what's best for my kids, you can never go wrong. And that's, you know, that's exactly what you're saying right there in a nutshell, you know? Yep. And it, I mean, it's just like you as a parent, us as parents, I always think about that. I used to tell my staff when I was a principal, I said, I'm your biggest fan. My job is to make sure you have the time, the resources and the energy to get you what you need to do. Because when you come in and you say, this is what we need, I'm going to say, does this, what's the purpose and does it support our passion? And then if it does, my job is to make sure you can, we can make it a reality. I love it. I love it. Every state has some type of educational organization similar to what I would say what CASE is. But some states are much more successful through their efforts than what others are. And like, you know, I came out to your conference last summer in Breckenridge. And like you said, you've got 1,300 plus educators, administrators that are there in attendance. Why have you guys been so successful? What, what has been, I don't know if there's like a magic, you know, the, the answer to that, but like, how have you been so relevant with your executive administrators there in Colorado? Um, I'm going to take it back to what we mean in that's relationships. It's all about those connections. I mean, PC, I mean, I just felt this instant connection with you and we were able to have this awesome conversation because of the relationship that we established. Yep. We didn't go into it with that. But we all had that common drive and that passion to share beyond. And, and I would say for the state of Colorado, we do a really good job as a case organization and we're really well respected in the advocacy world. We do a lot of advocacy at the national level, at the state level. Um, with that, it's so well respected that we spend a lot of time networking and creating those relationships and having those job-alike people that you can have those conversations. You know, when I was a principal, I spent 25, in, 25 years in a rural school district. And sometimes that was tough because I didn't have a lot of access to other people. And because of case, 
it made me a better administrator because I had connections and I could just pick up the phone or I could say, help me out here. Here's our problem of practice. What can we do? So for me, I would say, and that's just my personal opinion, the magic bullet is the relationships and connections that are made when you bring people with the same passion and drive to do what's good for kids together. That just carries you through. Yeah. And I think that's spot on. I think that's huge what you said there, because in the past, you know, it hasn't been that long ago where we were pretty isolated as educators. And if it wasn't mm -hmm. in our building or in our district, you really didn't know a whole lot about it. But now through organizations such as Case, through the power of social media, we can see mm -hmm. what other people are doing from, you know, literally all around the world and connected educators are better educators. Right. Because then we can learn from each other. I always say and it was like even our connection with with you um, and your presentation is from my lens of professional learning. I don't want to just have events. I want to have experiences because yeah. me, like, I don't believe in the word failure. I believe in experiences. If I experience something and it didn't feel really good, I'm going to do everything in my power not to do that again. Yep. But if it's a really good experience, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure I get that same feeling again and again. So I always tell people we want to, we don't want to have just events because you can, anybody can go to an event. I want an experience. I want administrators to walk away with that incredible feeling like this is going to actually make a difference when I go in back into my schoolhouse and this is where I go. And you probably remember like being a principal and do you remember probably when you went into, I remember when I went into the principalship, people were like, why are you doing that? You're such a great school counselor and such a teacher and yep. now you're going to the dark side. I remember that. And I think to myself, I never want people to feel like this profession is the dark side. Yep. It is the, you know, we're the light, we're the fire that gives people, you know, doctors are doctors because of us. Exactly. You know, so I just really want to change that mindset of others that, of what we do. Exactly. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. Talking about education, and you said something that stuck out to me a minute ago. You said that you were the first person in your family to graduate from college. And so, you know, I spent a lot of time working with at-risk youth, and I always talk about mm -hmm. that cycle of poverty. And it's, you know, they came from poverty, usually their parents came from poverty, so on and so on. And how do we break that cycle? And to me, the answer is education. How can I mm -hmm. get those kiddos the highest possible education that they possibly can? What convinced you, what like planted that seed for you that you were going to be that first person in your family to graduate from college? Um, I would say, you know, I had an incredible mom. I lost her about 15 years ago at the young age of 54, and she still is with me. And she was a single mom for a long time with my brother and I, but she was so strong and courageous, and she, she always drilled the power of education and what it could do. And she used to tell me this all the time. She used to say, Carrie, you know, you could, when you grow up, you can lose your house, you can lose your, your husband, you can, you can lose, you could even lose your kids. They could get mad at you and never want to talk to you. She said, but the one thing you will never lose is that degree on the wall. Yeah. She said, I expect you to get it and I expect you to display it proudly. She's, and I think about that because I've had a lot of trials and tribulations over the years. And in every low point, I look at that and I say, that is the one thing that nobody can take away from me. And I have two beautiful daughters that are 24 and 21 and both my youngest one's going to graduate in May. And I, and I, 
and I just love the fact that that cycle continued because it would have been really easy for them to fall into a cycle without that. So for me, I would say I had amazing educators um, in my life. But when I think of like our kids um, that are at risk, we really have to focus on, there's two things I think. Number one, I've never met a bad kid and I've never met a bad parent. I may not always agree with how a parent parents, but that's, that's my personal opinion, but I've never met a parent that didn't want something better for their own kid than what they had. Yeah. Like you always tell, I always told my staff, we don't get to pick who the kids' parents are. We love those kids and those parents anyway. Yeah. And I think if we can create, continue to build that strong partnership, non-judgmental, because those kids, whatever the situation may be, those parents still want their kid to be successful, what, whatever that may be. And that's where, so that's the first thing I think we need to do is really start building those strong parental home to school relationships. And yep. then the second thing is, is provide, is give them that self-belief. I'm a huge person in, I tell kids this all the time, be proud of who you are and what you do always. You are the first and last person to look yourself in the mirror. Yep. You answer to you. And if we could continue to instill into our young people from when they're itty bitty, that they they can be whatever they want. You know, my favorite word is yes. We're just not there yet. Yep. And that's what I just feel like when I think of our at risk, um, we, we really just have to be real and, and take them from where they're at and, and let them go to where they need to be. And we're there, we're their constant bumper pushing them forward. Yep, and providing them with those opportunities, right? Um, mm -hmm. my, my, one of my buddies always says that no one ever made a difference in the life of a kid by telling them no. You know, I love that. You you have to be willing to take some risks and to take some chances and to put yourself out there sometimes. And you know, a lot of times that can be scary. But again, if we want to get different results from these kids from the same thing that they've experienced their entire life, we've got to be willing to do that and, and to put yourself out there. So, you know, I don't know, just something to think about there. How did you know? That you makes said, a lot of sense. yeah, oh, it's a hundred percent. You know, it's because the easy thing is to say no. Because, you know, the yep. old, old phrase of that's the way it's always been done. And right. I'm not going to rock the boat. And I don't want to have to worry about, you know, what my superintendent's going to say or what my school board's going to say right. or what my print, you know. Um, uh, but again, nobody's ever made a difference in a kid's life by telling them no. And when he said that, it was just kind of like, I never thought about it that way. You know, somebody's got to be able to tell them yes or be able to say not yet. Like what you're talking about just now. Like right. th that's how you make the difference. That's how you start to make the change in their lives. Mm -hmm. Um you said in second grade, you knew that you wanted to be a teacher. Talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, honestly, I, I applied to one college, didn't even know how to do it, how we were going to go about it, none of that. Uh, and I applied to a teacher college because I knew I wanted to be a teacher. But in second grade, I remember it so vividly, is it just hit me like I watched. And I can't even remember my second grade teacher's name because it wasn't particularly her. But I just remembered... By the time I had hit second grade, uh, I had been through a lot of different schools because we had to move for a variety of reasons. But what got me is I had a hard time, not necessarily reading, but I had a hard time um, knowing how to spell things because I missed the phonics between that first and second grade. Okay. And I remember being in second grade and I remember thinking to myself, 
I don't ever want a kid to feel the way I feel right now. Yep. I'm sitting in a class and I remember thinking, these people, these young, these kids around me are so much smarter. How come I can't make out this word or how come I can't spell it? How come it's not hitting me? And I realized the trajectory of where my life's been going. My mom did everything in her power to make sure we were, we were in good places and always learning. But I thought, I just never want that to be. And I said, right then and there, if I'm ever going to make a difference, I have to be willing to take kids from where they're at and help them to where they want to go. And that's exactly what happened is, is, you know, we just from that moment on, I was like, I, I, and people believed in me. I mean, there's some situations that I think about and um, people never gave up on me. Yeah. They never, they never gave up from when I was a kid. And I think about, and probably even like you, when you're in a building administrator, from when those little kids came into my building, um, you just, you, you never give up on them. It's not easy. Yep. I mean, there's days that you just go, oh my gosh, this kid is just pushing me to the limit. But that's, it's, that's the time you just take that deep breath and you're like, yep, we're not changing the expectation. We're just going to change the path that they are, this kid's going to take yep. to get to where he needs to be because we will get through it. Very powerful. So. Very powerful. It, the statement, every student can learn, every child can learn. And people, mm -hmm. people will debate that back and forth. And a lot of times what I think what offends people is when somebody says it who's not in the world of education, when a politician says it or whatever, and then educators are like, well, you haven't had so-and-so, like, you know? Um, but then it's a conversation I have sometimes when I'm working with educators and I just throw the statement out there, every child can learn. Do you, yep. do you believe that? I believe that with the core of my being that every kid can learn and this is, I'm going to make it real quick, but I had, when I was a first year principal, we had decided to do some things pretty, um, pretty out there. It was a big risk of helping these kids learn in a more systematic approach. I had 20, and I was all of 28, 29 when I took my first principalship. And um, I had 20 parents in my office and they said, you're asking way too much out of our kids. They're never going to be able to meet these expectations. How do you, you know, I mean, they were just grilling me. And I remember, I'll never forget this. I said this statement to this day. I was like, what was I thinking? I had two small babies at home. I needed a paycheck. Yeah. But I looked at them and I said, here's the deal. Cause it was October. I said, if your child is not happy, healthy and achieving to the level of expectation that we expect academically, emotionally, and mentally by semester, I promise you, I will resign from this position. And that's, and it, that, you know, it just came out of my mouth because yep. I believe so hardly that every kid can learn how we get them there. We had to be creative. We made a lot of, we changed some things from a traditional world and we took the kids from where they were at and, and guided them to what they needed and where they need to go and worked out in our benefit. It went great. I didn't have to resign. I stayed in that school for 16 more years. Nice. Nice. So, That's awesome. It's that statement that, that every kid can learn. Yeah. Kind of like you, when you have those conversations with people and people say, well, what about this? And what about this? And I say, there's no buts about this. All means all. Yep. We don't get to judge who walks through our doors, who we get to educate. Our job is we get to love them from where they're at and get them to where they need to be. 100%. 100%. My wife always says that if you're looking for an excuse, you'll always find one. And, and I, mm -hmm. like, it applies in so many areas, and it definitely applies in that one. Talk about it as a principal, 
how do you enhance, how do you nurture and develop that mentality in your teachers? Well, I think, you, you know, obviously you have to walk the talk yep. and talk yep. the walk. I think those go hand in hand. And um, obviously being able to focus on keeping the main thing, the main thing. And as a building principal, our main thing was making sure our passion, purpose, and plan were always in check. And our passion was to love, educate, and inspire every student, every person that walked through our doors. And as a principal, that becomes contagious. So for me, I, I, I was visible. I was approachable. Um, I was real. I was authentic. Um, and, and I think when it comes to working with staff, they believe that. And it was, I, I tell this story too, you know, first couple of years as being a principal with some of the things that we were adjusting and doing, there was days I couldn't get to my car fast enough because I'm like, somebody is going to hang me up by the flagpole sooner or later. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, and I'm going to be tarred and feathered. But you just push through because it got to a point. I mean, I stayed there 16 years and the hardest decision I ever made was to leave Hotchkiss K-8 school but I also knew that there was so much belief in the, in the mission and what we stood for for those kids that it would continue on. And that's what I think is great about being a leader is the ability to inspire others to carry the mission. And, and that staff, I always used to know that. I used to say, the reason why it worked so well is because my, if we were going to jump off a bridge, my staff would jump with me because yep. they would know two things. They would know that. Carrie would jump with us and she would have a plan of how we're all going to be saved. So I think as building administrators, it's that authentic leadership that is real, that you learn and you build that culture of trust and collaboration. And it's not easy, you, you know, but then the kids have that. The kids feel it. The kids know it. I would say one of the things that I loved most was um, I I would teach every grade level uh, once a week for a half hour to 45 minutes. It's called a community of caring time. Whatever, I, they finally started calling it Miss Yancer's um, time to shine. And I was like, <laughs> I don't care what we call it. It was just a ton of fun. But we, I mean, I always, so I made those lessons and they were real. Yeah. They were like, you know, there was a systematic approach. And that was from my kindergartners all the way up to my eighth graders. And you just get to know your kids so well when you make those connections, that relationships. Yeah. You know, I, I had a grandparent come in from out of state one year and they said, hey, I want to buy um, some Hotchkiss Bulldog stuff for my grandkids. They go to school here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know them. Here's their favorite colors. Jessica would like this. Ryan would like that. And she just looked at me like, you have almost 500 kids. How do you know that? Mm -hmm. I'm like, because I'm a kid. Yep. Uh, you know, I used to tell people, I have 483 kids. Thank the good Lord, I only gave birth to two of them. You know, they're, <laughs> all, they're all my kids. Of course I'm going to know them. And when you, as a building leader, you have to do that. You have to. You can't get caught up in, in um, the bureaucracy of the job. Yep. Oh, yeah. You are you're talking to my heart right now. I absolutely yeah. love it. So you do so much with professional learning for the school mm -hmm. districts of Colorado. What are the big issues that are being addressed right now? And then what kind of tools and resources have you guys been able to um, guide your schools to in order to address those topics? Um, so I think even nationally, you know, I feel fortunate because um, 
I've had a lot of opportunities to do some things nationally as well. But I would say one of the big issues is taking protecting the assets. And what I mean by that is I look at the leadership world, our, our principals, our superintendents, our assistant principals, um, they're getting pretty beat up. So I would say nationally we have an issue there because they are giving, giving, giving. They're not filling their bucket. So I think one of the things we need to do is figure out how we can Re, not necessarily reward, but remind people of the good work that they do, that it does have that ripple effect. Yeah. And one of those ways is looking at the culture and climate of our schools and our schoolhouses, because to me, that's a big issue. Um, when we look at uh, graduation rates, when we look at, um, you know, post-secondary rates, when we look at free and reduced, what are we doing with that? to make the schoolhouse feel like a place that is where people want to be. Because, I mean, look at you and I, we're human beings. We go to where people want us to be and where yep. we feel good. So we have to start filling the buckets and you have to start with your leadership. You know, I mean, they say outside of, you know, John Hattie's work is outside of a, of a classroom teacher, the number two influential factor in a child's life is your building administrator. Yep. So I, I would say nationally, looking at that as a whole and what kind of professional learning are we doing? Um, I'm working closely with our Colorado Department of Education on a principal preparation program. That's okay. near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Because, you know, we put principals in these leadership roles and we just go, oh, you're the leader. You have all the answers. No, I used to tell people the moment I know everything there is about being a principal is the day you better fire me. Yep. And so we got to really system, but it has to be systematic. What are the things we're putting in place? to help people improve in their areas and people have to be willing to learn it. So I would say that was, that's one. I think we also in, in our state, as well as in the nation, we really have to look at what equity means. Equity is not an add on. It should be a part of what we instruct. And, you know, PC, you come from a, you, you know, you led an incredible school with some lots of what people would say were things against you from your, from your at-risk populations and all these other things and teacher turnover and all this, but you didn't look at that. You said all means all. And what is that? You, you just, you didn't teach equity as a separate subcategory. You made it a part of what you believe. Right. And I really think we're beginning to notice that. And I think as a nation of educators, we're really work looking at how do we make that a piece of who we are? I love that. So those would be my two big things right now. Yep, yep. And I, I think that's the big thing is like it doesn't need to be singled out. Like it's not one of those things that we need to have like a special month or a special week where we're going to, you know, that's kind of like teacher appreciation week. I think about that a lot. And I'm right. always like, yeah, it's cool. And like I get it. But at the same time, like why can't we appreciate teachers every single day, you know, or, or any yep. profession or type of person for that, you know, like because we're all just people at the end of the day. And we all like to hear yep. good job. We all like to hear, hey, you know, and yep. I see you. I hear you. I love you. That's my thing. And it's like we all want that every single day. Why do we need this special designated week or month or, you know, fill in the blank to recognize somebody? And so, yeah, I absolutely love that. That's that's awesome. If somebody PC, wants to, I yeah, go ahead. I, I appreciate you saying that because that's so true. I, I've done that. Like that goes back to our our world and our country, just going back to being kind and compassionate and 
um, looking at people and, and thanking them for being who they are. Yeah. We don't, I'm not saying we have to all kumbaya and we all have to agree on everything. Sure. But I'm okay with somebody disagreeing, but I never want them to ever walk out not feeling like I didn't value who they were as a person. Yeah. You know, and, and that just goes back to treating each other, you know, the old kindergarten rule treat others like you want to be treated. You're yeah. right. We all want to hear, thank you. Yeah. Good job. I appreciate that. Yeah. We should do that all the time. It's just wild. It's the society that we live in, you know, it's that mm-hmm. um, that instant gratification and what's the latest, greatest thing that's going on. And I look at, you know, with Kobe Bryant, you know, he passed away about a month ago. And when that first happened, it was that's all that anybody talked about, whether they were a basketball fan, whether they were a sports fan or not. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe it was all on my time, on my feeds, on my timelines and everything. And now it's been I can't remember the exact date, but let's say it's been 30 days and every now and then I'll see something Kobe. And then 30 days from now though, odds are I'm not going to see a whole lot on there. And, but that's the society that we live in. It's like, what have you done for me right now today lately? And it's just like, how did we get to that point, you know, to where we take so many things for granted. And I think education and teachers and administrators are one of those huge things that we take for granted that we just think they're automatically going to be there and that, well, that's their job and blah, 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 blah. But I, I just wish that more people would take that opportunity to say thank you. You know, um, mm-hmm. even myself, I can do a better job of that, of, of the teachers that I've had and the ones that I interact with of just, you know, thanks for what you do. And I try to do that every day when I speak, um, but it's something still that I can do better at it as well, you know? And I think it's simple because like with UPC, even though you you spoke in Colorado to a room full of strangers, you've spoken in Colorado a couple times, but there are a room full of strangers, but from your lens, they're not strangers and your passion, right? people see that. And that's what they, that's their thank you. I mean, I can yeah. tell you, I was one of those participants. And when I saw you and listened to you and watched your heart open up, that was my, that was your thank you to me for what I do and made it gave me energy to want to do that and that's what i tell people is yes we we verbally want to hear that but it's in our actions you know it's it's in those actions of classroom teachers that that hug those kiddos when you don't know because i always tell people we need to meet and greet our kids at the door because sometimes that might be the only physical contact some of our kiddos get all day long yes and that's yeah it's just sad to say but yeah you're exactly right so how do we make that? And if they, if they know my mom, again, wonderful lady, she used to always tell me that Carrie, if you're okay, your kids will be okay. Yep. If you're not okay, your kids. And I think about that with everything in my life. Like I got to be okay. And there's days that I'm not necessarily okay, but then I have to put myself in place, but then it's other people that fill my bucket, Yep. fill my bucket that says, you're going to be okay. Here's what you need to do. So Yep, yep. Kind of a cool thing. If we can all do that, it would be awesome. Exactly, exactly. You can't love other people with a with a broken heart, and you know yep. you're you're spot on with that. So I had the chance I mentioned earlier to come out to Brackenridge last summer for your conference, and I was just I loved it. I thought it was an awesome, awesome opportunity. Two questions. One is if somebody from outside the state of Colorado wanted to attend that conference, could they? And then two, how do they get information on that conference? Okay, so it is open. We would love to take anybody. Obviously, there's, you know, the the business side of member rates, non-member rates. 
but they can always go to our website and check it out. Um, and they can always reach out to me directly because I would love to, to fill them with any kinds of information of possible things that we can do. Because, you know, like even, for example, PC, when you just came out here this past February um, for the drive-in that we did, we had a person there from Wyoming. We, we take them all and want, would love to share that knowledge. Like one of the things for us at case is we're really focusing on great leaders best practices yep you know so at our winter conference we had jimmy casas who wrote the book culturized yep um visit one of our keynotes coming up this summer is um the author of hacking leadership dr joe sanfilippo oh yeah um, he's awesome yeah he's going to be there and dr bill daggett with um rigor and relevance in some of his sel work because that's huge too yep so it's really about walk the talk and talk the walk like how do we do do that like even when you came out and spoke to our group at the end of february it was so real because all those administrators sitting in there were like this guy this pc guy he's walked in my shoes yeah you know he's given me inspiration to step back into my building and be like we can do this we can do that we can move to this next level so that's huge too for you, Carrie, because you've been in education for so long and there's so many times when there's people that are in organizations that are influencing education that have never been in a classroom. And you, you know as well as I do that that can be so frustrating. So I think that same thing applies to, to you and what you're doing. And that's what something else I love so much about you is like you've been there, you've done that, you've been on those front lines. And so you're speaking to experience when you're trying to help these administrators and your educators in the state of Colorado and beyond to make their schools the best places they can possibly be. Right. I love being able, it's, it's just like our connection. Like I consider you a friend now that somebody I know that, hey, I can bounce something off of you at any given moment because we just have that connection of that passion of mentoring and coaching and helping fill other people's buckets. Yep. So somebody wants to attend this conference in the summer, where can they go online to find that? So they just uh, go to the Colorado Association of School Executives website, which is co-case.org, and there will be information um, out there. We are actually getting ready to open registration in probably two, three weeks, end of March, 1st of April, um, to get that going for summer. That's awesome. And if somebody wants to connect with you directly, how would they go about doing that? They can email me um, at my personal email is carryyancer1 at gmail.com. That's probably the easiest way to, to get a hold of me. Awesome. I would love to have them reach out, talk, and um, and just have a conversation. For sure. That's so cool. Carrie, I can't thank you enough for your time. I know how busy you are. And like you said, when we met, it was just one of those instant connections. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, she gets it, you know, and we need more people like you in our world of education. And again, I just can't thank you enough for your time. And I can't thank you enough for everything that you have done and that you'll continue to do for the world of education and for our young people. Well, thank you, PC, and keep up doing all the great things you're doing. I look forward to connecting and, and visiting with you about things that are getting you back to Colorado is what I'm saying. That's oh Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's one of my favorite places to come. Let's set it up, man. All right. That sounds good. Guys, you've been listening to the Green Room Podcast Series. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy the podcast, if you do me a huge favor, if you would rate it, subscribe to it, and then share it with a fellow educator that you think might enjoy it as well. Chase your dreams, kids. Mm -hmm.